Welcome to the Curiosity Podcast, a show about everything e-commerce and digital business. The aim is simple, to help you thrive online. And now, your host, Matt Edmondson. Well, hello, my fellow e-commerce entrepreneurs. My name is Matt Edmondson, and this show is for those of us who are curious about e-commerce and want to know how to get better at doing digital business. Coming up in today's show, I am getting into all things to do with delivery. That's right. That really... (laughs) Well, not so interesting, but how so important part of e-commerce delivery. So if you deliver products directly to your customers or you are thinking about delivering products direct to your customers, you are going to want to listen up as this is going to be quite in-depth with lots of good stuff uh, coming up in this show. I will, of course, put a link um, or put links that I mentioned in the show notes uh, along with sort of like a summary, I suppose, of what we've been talking about in this podcast, all on my website at mattedmondson.com. You can check that out. And whilst you are there, have a little browse around. The website is coming along. We've got uh, information on there about the CoLab project, which is the uh, the project I'm doing where I'm trying to launch 100 new e-commerce websites um, and we're getting along great. Just to give you a quick update, we've got some new partners that we are working with and building sites for. I will be letting you know soon what those sites are and how you can access them and look at them. But man, we've got some really great stuff coming out in the CoLab project. Uh, so if you want to know more about that, if you want to partner with me on doing something online, do check it out. It's at mattedmondson.com. We've also got stuff on the website about the new course coming out, the Gem Jar Funnel, which you can just sort of put your name and email address in and we'll let you know when it's going to be launched. That's coming soon. Uh, we've got all the great blog content, all the podcast stuff, all the social media links, everything you could possibly want uh, for running your e-commerce business. Well, maybe not everything, but you know, an awful lot of stuff you need uh, to run your own e-commerce business well is on the website, mattedmondson.com. So do check it out. And whilst you're checking stuff out, also check out the show's sponsor, the amazing Curious Digital. Curious Digital is, in fact, the e-commerce platform that I use. It's the platform I'm using on all the collab businesses that I'm doing. Uh, And if you're looking for a new platform, be sure to check it out at curious.digital. That's curious with a K, not with a C, curious.digital. And you can see uh, all the features and benefits of that e-commerce platform. And if it's not live yet, fairly soon you'll be able to book a live demo uh, for KD. So if you want to see how it can work for your business, you can do that with the guys. Um, I'm doing some of the live demos, so uh, definitely check that out. Okay. Now, we are going to get into all things shipping, okay? Now, the thing to bear in mind here is, and the reason why I want to talk about it is because uh, after your product costs, the direct product costs, i.e. what it costs to buy, what it costs you to buy the products which you're selling to the customer, usually with e-commerce, the second biggest direct cost that you have as a business is shipping, right? The shipping cost. So as a business, your aim has got to be to offer the lowest shipping rates possible, but still give your customers the shipping options uh, that they want uh, at a rate that they expect. Maybe it's free shipping. Maybe they expect to pay for it. I don't know. But you sort of, you, you don't want to compromise on quality, but you've definitely got to manage prices and you've really got this fine balancing act where shipping is concerned. Okay. So there are three, no, not three. Why am I saying three? There are five key things to think about 
when it comes to shipping products to your customers, okay? And as a quick summary, here are those five. Now, as I've said in previous podcasts, uh, if you are driving, don't feel like you have to do crazy things to take notes. Uh, just head on over to the website. We'll put all the show notes there. So, um, But if you're sat at your desk listening to your podcast like I do, then definitely take notes. Or maybe uh, sometimes I listen to podcasts on uh, the bike, um, you know, the stationary bike in, in the gym, and you can put notes on your phone. Anyway, all that aside, let's get into these five key things, right? The first one I'm going to call operational. The second key thing to think about is going to be environmental factors. We've then got packaging. Number four is going to be shipping. And number five, I'm going to call the hidden things, right? And let's get into each one of those uh, now. So we're going to start with operational. Number one, operational. What do I mean by that? Well, these are all the operational costs um, uh, that you have to think about when it comes to shipping your order. So for example, who's going to pick and pack, right? Who's actually taking the product off the shelf, putting it in the box and sending it out to the customer. Who's actually doing all the goods in? So when something comes into your warehouse, who's unboxing that and putting it on the shelves? Or maybe you're just operating at home out of your garage, right? But you've still got to account for your time. So every time you you know you get an order of a hundred items, that box comes in. Where do you, you know you've got to process that? Uh, you've got to count them. That takes time. These are all operational issues, and they all have costs with them. Okay, so how many people uh, do you have to hire? How much time is it going to take? Uh, you've got to think about those things, right? And is there ways to make it better? Now, we found um, great efficiencies in our own website when we laid, uh, in our own website, in our own warehouse, when we laid the warehouse out differently, right? Um, so uh, doing things like grouping products that are often sold together, um, makes a lot of sense. So uh, if someone buys, you know, Widget X and they also usually buy Widget Y, we'll put Widget, Widget X and Widget Y together in the uh, in the warehouse. So when the person picking them, they've, they're both there at the same time. They've not got to walk from one side of the warehouse to the other, which just makes the whole thing more efficient, right? Um, put all your best-selling items much nearer the front where the pickers are so that, again, they don't have to walk all the way back to the warehouse to find something the majority of orders then get picked quicker. So there's all these things that you can do that makes it more efficient. And you can you can take those ideas and apply them to your garage at home. You know, So if you are shipping from your garage, put uh, similar items together where, you know, where you're not walking from one side of the room to the other to pick and pack. You want to do it quickly and efficiently without, you know, sending crazy things out to the client. You've got to get the order right, but find those efficiencies. Another thing that we did that really made a big, massive difference for us, very early on, we realized that, um, you know, we could uh, write some code for our system that would allow us to scan the orders. And that's exactly what we did. So we wrote some code and started scanning our orders. So uh, on the screen in front of you, as you scan it, it either is red or is green. And if it's green, you can ship it. If it's red, there's something wrong with the order. So what that meant was it was like 99.9% .9 accuracy then in shipping, right? So we, it's never going to be perfect to get that, but it's almost perfect. So every order that goes out is correct. Well, the very first month that we implemented this, we saved over £7,000, which is what, about $10,000 um, in 
costs of managing the wrong order sent out to clients. So by the time the wrong order had been sent out, they told us we'd had to arrange collection and we had to arrange shipping the new product. It was costing us about 10K a month. And as soon as we implemented a scanning system, all that money was saved. And of course, the customers are happier because the right order is getting through to them. Um, and actually, our shipping uh, was a lot quicker because we didn't need two people to check orders. We only needed one who could scan. And so the whole thing just moved an awful lot quicker. So you can use technology to help you. I know I've stood in client warehouses where we've looked at these things like, can we move things around? Can we change things around? But even simple things like... Um, like I've stood in clients who multi-million pound uh, companies, but they have people actually manually doing labels. You know, they look at the order and they go, right, well, this order I'm going to send out using this parcel system and this order I'm going to send out using that parcel system. And they're manually making this choice. Uh, well, you don't need to do that. You can, you know, you can either get a plugin or write some code for your site where the website automatically chooses the shipping, the best shipping format for the client, generates a label uh, and automatically tells the courier company there's a parcel that you can need to come collect and ship out to a client. So it just reduces that whole need, makes everything so much quicker and faster and keeps our operational costs at a much lower rate than what they were. So uh, that's point number one. Think about the operational side. Number two, uh, I said, was environmental factors. Now, it goes without saying that we obviously have a responsibility where our environment is concerned and managing uh, shipping is a big area where we can have environmental impact, both good and bad. Now, e-commerce can be more environmentally friendly because, you know, if I go to the shopping mall or the shopping center, I've got to get in my car, I've got to drive there, I've got to park, so I'm using my car um, you know, they take up a lot of space and so on and so forth. Whereas with e-commerce, I'm just on a website and I buy the product. So I save that whole car journey. Now, obviously with e-commerce, I'm posting uh, the order to the client, but there are efficiencies to be made when you group a load of those products, uh, a load of those parcels together. Um, it becomes slightly more environmentally friendly, right? So we've got we've we've got that being e-commerce, which is a big plus. Um, but did you know that uh, when you send goods out to customers, normally the quicker that they want those goods, the faster that you send them, the wor the bigger the impact is on the environment, right? So if you send a parcel, um, say next day delivery versus three or four day delivery, the parcel that sent three or four days delivery has a much lower impact on the environment. And whilst this isn't a direct cost to our business, obviously it is a direct cost to the environment, which we need to be aware of and think about, okay, and plan for and take responsibility for. Are we being carbon neutral is a big one. You know, your business when it's shipping out products should aim to be carbon neutral. Um, and also check things like your packaging, you know, so we stop using plastic bubbles uh, that, you know, the space saver things you put in boxes, stop products moving around and keeping them safe because they were plastic. And plastic, single-use plastic is not great for the environment. So we turn to popcorn of all things because popcorn is super amazing. Not only is it a low-calorie snack as and when you're peckish, um, but it's also biodegradable and environmentally friendly and blah, 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 right? So uh, have a think about how you can become uh, more environmentally friendly. So there's an environmental cost to shipping that I think you have to think about and go through each of the points of your shipping uh, and your delivery to customers from your, you know, your staff, 
how you your warehouse runs, um, what packaging you use, what shipping company you use, and think about your environmental impact and then aim to be carbon neutral and have at least a, a neutral effect on the environment. If not, a positive one, because we all can now. So let's do it. Let's save the planet, right? Why not? Number three is packaging. Now, the packaging costs. What do I mean here? So this is obviously when... Uh, you've picked your products off the shelf. You've got to put them in something to send to your customer. It could be an envelope. It could be a padded envelope, like a jiffy bag. It could be a cardboard box. It could be a plastic bag. I've had parcels arrive in all kinds of things through the post, okay? And my tip here is because, um, again, you, you've, you've got to balance a number of things. You obviously have got to think about what we've just talked about, the environmental side of things. But you've also got to think about what your customers' expectations are. You've got to think about what your competitors are doing. Could you do something that is better than them? You certainly don't want to do anything that's worse than them. Um, but could you do anything that's better? For example, uh, with Jersey Beauty Company, we noticed all our competitors were sending products out in the Jiffy bags, right? The padded envelopes. And we thought, actually, we could make this better so that your goods arrive in a better condition. So we send stuff out in cardboard boxes. The cool thing is cardboard boxes are from recycled materials, whereas the Jiffy bags have single-use plastic in. There was all kinds of benefits to doing this, right? Um, unfortunately, it also means slightly increased costs uh, because the shipping rates were higher for the cardboard boxes. But we we actually thought that was going to be worth it um, for our customers in the end. And it's something that we had to trial and test, okay? So don't compromise service for costs, you know, what you give to the customer, but you've obviously got to be aware of them. We were very, very aware. And like when we decided to move from plastic bubbles to popcorn, well, that increased our packaging costs. Um, it, it made the cost of shipping the goods out to the customer higher. Um, but again, we were prepared to... To, to, to take that cost because of the environmental factors, right? So that's what we, uh, that's the decision that we made. You've obviously got to make your own call, but think about all of these things. We are now going to take a few minutes to stop, pause, and review this week's e commerce news. Hi, Matt. Hey, how are we doing? Good. Good. Matt, fake reviews. <laughs> okay, so uh, you, you like, have I had a few? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I'm saying fake reviews on Amazon, actually. Oh, okay. So Amazon has a lot of fake reviews. It does. It really does. Yeah, yeah. So and not me, but Amazon. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Which creates a lot of confusion for the average customer that they have. Do you think so? Do you actually think people can spot a fake review? So it's not just reading a fake review. It's also what happens if you end up buying a product based on a fake review. Yeah, I mean, it's massive, isn't it? It's a massive problem on, my, uh, massive problem on Amazon, um, how to deal with uh, fake reviews. I, um, I, don't, I don't know. If I'm on Amazon and I see a product with just like one or two reviews, I just automatically assume that they're fake reviews, right? Because there's just one or two. If I see a, problem, a product with, I don't know, 50 to 100, 200 reviews, I think actually there's got to be some genuine ones in there. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think actually if there's a product that's got tens of thousands of reviews, yeah, a lot of those I think are going to be fake. Now, I have no basis for that logical thinking. Uh, it's, just how I, it's just how my brain works when I look at Amazon. 
Actually, you know, when they've got like the best sellers mm-hmm. on Amazon, yeah. do, are they generated be, like through the reviews, the number of reviews they have and um, like question. how many stars? I, or how is that created? I genuinely don't know. I use the best sellers a lot in research. Um, and I know that Amazon updates their best sellers hourly. And I, I would imagine it is done on the basis of how much is sold. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would tend to trust their bestseller rate ranking more than I'd trust the review ranking. Okay. But when I was at Amazon, because, uh, you know, I go down there and hobnob with Amazon. Um, <laughs> when I was with Amazon, they were telling me that, you know, a vast majority of people on their website, I think it's more than 50%, I can't remember the exact stats, um, they go on their website, but they don't buy. Right? Mm-hmm. They just literally go on the website to look at reviews. So they'll be stood in a store somewhere and looking at a TV and think, well, is this TV any good? I don't know. We'll have a look at the reviews on Amazon and see what people mm-hmm. say. Um, not necessarily to buy it from Amazon, but to check to see whether it's you know What worthwhile. people are saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I know that the reviews thing for Amazon is one of its most redeeming features. Mm. And people use their reviews thing more than they use actual Amazon's services. Mm-hmm. Because as we all know, Amazon are not the cheapest anymore. But they do have all the reviews. And so um, people do check them. So, yeah, I think, I don't know how they're going to deal with the fake reviews problem. I genuinely don't. I, uh, it's a real tricky one. Um, whether they only let people review products that have purchased them is one way, I suppose. But even that, I don't know, can lead to problems. So I think on our sites, you have to, you have to purchase to leave a review you don't do you you no, can actually you just don't. leave a review as long as you've registered um so yeah i i don't know it's a really interesting problem for amazon and one that i think will continue mm-hmm. um so and i'm sure i'm sure i'm not sure they really care at the moment do they do they care about fake reviews because it's not really hit mainstream media too much um well if they don't care now they might soon yeah they should do i think people are becoming more and more cynical yeah about it. yeah, yeah. Very good. Okay, next. Enjoy.com. Enjoy.com has got to be one of the coolest domain names ever. (laughs) Well, when I tried to um, search for it, Mm -hmm. it was hard for me to actually find the website because all these other things about enjoying life were coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that that organic SEO is not great. No, not yet. Um, Who are they? So they are an e-commerce startup that um, is Silicon Valley based as okay. most of them are. Um, and it started, it was started by the, the former Apple VP um, of retail operations. And basically he, his idea was to have the convenience of online shopping together with the personal service that people get from like a physical store. So sure. he, he had Apple in mm. mind and um, he was, one of his uh, things that he said in, in this article I read was that he, um, he observed that a lot of people would come into an Apple store and get help to understand like how to set up their, mm-hmm. new, their new devices and stuff. But he was thinking about all the other masses that buy Apple products, but don't actually go don't into a store. Yeah, 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 don't get that help. So he created um, enjoy.com and... Um, what happens is that customers can shop online for for their devices. They can mm. receive them on the same day. 
and they can, if they need help setting up the device, they can also opt for an enjoy expert. An to, enjoy expert. Yeah, an enjoy expert and um, to hand deliver the item and um, set it up for them. All for and free. they're now in the UK, aren't they? I see that they're, I'm looking at the website now, they've just come into the UK. Yeah, they've just they've partnered, partnered with, with EE. Yeah, that's right. And did it say they've got some crazy amount of funding, like 130 million in funding? Yeah, they do. You know what? Whoever has given Enjoy 130 million euros in funding, just give me a call because you know what? <laughs> We've got we've got lots of places where we could put that kind of yeah, funding. Yeah, we need to, to create, track them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah create some kind of e-commerce. But you know what? I mean, joking aside, um, I like their idea. Mm-hmm. It is cool. It is cool when you look at their website, and I hope they get more people on board than just EE. I mean, mm-hmm. I am actually with EE, so maybe I should try yeah, this. So am I. Um, see what see what it comes out like. Mm. Um, but that's fascinating what they do, uh, and they deliver within two hours, don't they? Yeah. And, and around the country, just putting your postcode in check. Mm-hmm. And so then they'll deliver the product for you within two hours. And if you need help, they also deliver it with an expert who will set it up for you at wherever you're at. Yeah. Cool Answer idea. all your questions. Yeah, yeah. Like it. Yeah, it's good. Like it, like it. That's why they need 135 million. Because yeah. that's, that's, uh, that's some setup there. Right there. Jeez. Um, cool. What's next? Alibaba. Alibaba. Mm-hmm. It has just very recently bought out Kaola.com. Okay, so um, Kaola uh-huh. is Chinese is China's <laughs> biggest shopping site and it imports high demand European brands into China and sells okay. them there as opposed to like us buying. So okay, so everybody of- outside of China buys from Alibaba, but Kaola was importing stuff from Europe back into China. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And, and they so were, Alibaba have just gone and bought them out. Yeah, because they were a huge competition for them. So uh, well, I suppose when you're Alibaba, you can do that. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're my competitor. You're a little bit annoying, so I'm just going to buy you out. Yeah. Because I can. Yeah. Because I have so much money, <laughs> I can do what I want. Yeah. They're uh, the Chinese Amazon. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I mean, that's kind of, you know, I suppose that's cool for China. Although, I don't know, you know, these big guys that sort of go and buy up other big guys and become massive guys. I don't know if that benefits the consumer at the end of the day. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's, I don't know. Uh, I'm never big fans on these big buyouts, but I can see why they've done it. Like I say, you know, they're a competitor, go and buy them. Mm. Solves the whole problem straight out of the bat. Um, be nice to have that kind of money. Maybe if we had the 135 million, <laughs> part of that we could just go and buy a whole bunch of competitors and create like a super yeah. few, you know, super few super sites. So I come back to my previous point. If you have 135 million <laughs> you want to invest, <laughs> give us a call. All right, that's great. Thanks, Adif. Thank you. That's the news. So now let's get back to it. Okay, so point number four are the actual shipping costs, the costs of shipping the product out to your customer. And now if you're, in my opinion, offering your customers the right shipping rates and options is going to be one of the keys to success as an online business, okay? Uh, you can't charge too much for delivery, um, but if you charge too little and you're not covering your costs and you're not making profit, that's also not great. Mix into the throw of all of this that actually a lot of people really want free shipping. It's still a big draw. So again, whilst it's free for the customer, you're obviously paying for it. So you've got to understand um that and understand what the rates are, what services you're going to give to clients. So therefore you can create these sort of uh, shipping rules and make sure you're actually not going to fail as a business. Okay. 
So shipping rates are based largely on four factors. Okay, if you didn't know this already, you will learn it now. Number one is service and speed. Number two, dimensions and weights. Number three, the destination. And number four, the shipping volume. Okay, so let's look at these in a bit more depth. Service and speed was number one. Now, most customers expect a number of shipping options on your website. Okay. Now, if you've got free shipping or you've got slow shipping, like, you know, it's going to take three to five days or whatever, that's to be expected. But you've also got to have, you know, what's the cost for expedited shipping? Are you want it here quicker? Um, how much are you going to charge for that? What are your competitors doing? Can you offer something that's better or more competitive? Um, so just map out that. You may have to talk to different uh, couriers and different suppliers to get different rates and different ideas um, on the costs, but really spend some time thinking about it. Like when does the package need to arrive at your customer? Does it need to have tracked delivery? I.e. it's got some kind of tracking number on there so uh, customers can track where things are up to. It's quite a common service here in the UK now. Everybody's sort of starting to expect it. So if you're, if you're doing e-commerce in the UK, you have to bear in mind everybody's expecting it. So we have to at least offer that now, right? Does it need to be signed for? Is it being shipped to a business or a home address? What kind of products are you actually shipping? Um, some, did you know that there are some products that we are not allowed to ship from Jersey Beauty Company because our insurance company won't let us do it. So we have to make sure that we're not sending those out, right? Um Number two, dimensions and weight. Obviously, the bigger the parcel, the heavier the parcel, the more expensive it's going to be. And again, you're just going to have to do some shopping around to find out uh, who's going to do what for what price. Most couriers have a have a sort of an initial flat rate, which is a parcel up to this size and up to this weight. It's just one fee. Um, and it's usually two kilos and under uh, is normally that sort of barrier. But it's not the same for each courier company. You're going to have to check them out, right? Obviously, destination number three has a big impact. Um, so we have in the past used different couriers to get different rates. So for example, we use uh, one courier to ship parcels to the UK, um, but we ship a lot of products internationally. So I take a country like Sweden where we send a lot of parcels to then we we contacted other couriers to find out who could do something better for us for Sweden. You know what? We found a much better rate and they were very specialist around Sweden, saved us a lot of money and, and, and actually meant we could give a much better um, service to our customers as well. That's what we call a win in the industry. So we definitely went with those, but we only got those after shopping around with the different destinations that we had. Um, and number four, shipping volume. Obviously, the more you ship... Uh, the better rates you get. And it may be that um, uh, if you're small and you're just starting out, um, you're going to have to do a bit of shopping around. There are courier brokers, for want of a better expression, out there that you can use. So rather than going direct to the courier company, you could use a brokerage service that has, in effect, bought, say, 10,000 slots, which they've got to fill, and they'll at a much lower rate. So then they'll sell you a portion of those um, and you're not paying the crazy high rates of couriers. Uh, in the past, I've seen people sort of, you know, I've got an e-commerce site, you've got an e-commerce site over there. Why can't you, why let's work together on shipping? And so, the, you know, the cost between the two of us come down. So you can do partnerships. You could use fulfillment companies. Um, again, if you're doing small amounts, maybe that will help. Um, I know we do fulfillment for the companies that, you know, we benefit 
when we collaborate and work together and get lower shipping rates because of the volume, okay? So with shipping rates, the bottom line is you've got to shop around, you've got to get the best rates, but you've got to understand what it is your customer wants and you've got to understand can your courier do that. For example, if you're shipping a lot to residential customers, you're probably not going to want to use UPS, right? Because they're not the best for residential shipping, or at least they weren't um, when we started out in e-commerce. Um, but maybe you want to use a courier that is more specialized in that type of thing. It may be you don't want to use the Royal Mail because the Royal Mail lose too many parcels and you want to use a different and you want tracking numbers. And if you want tracking numbers, there's a cheaper courier over here that offers a better service etc etc so understand what it is that you want and then literally get on the phone have some calls and do a whole bunch of shopping around and even if you're currently running your e-commerce business right and you've been working with the same courier for six months 12 months i would still be shopping around we do it once a year here we have a big sort of overhaul um we talk to different couriers we get different rates different agreements in place um, and we usually find actually, as long as we do it about once a year and not every other week, the the time involved in doing that uh, is paid back by the costs that we save. Okay, so have a look around. Now, finally, uh, I want to look at hidden costs. So if you stayed with me so far, well done. We're going to get into hidden costs now. And hidden costs are one of those things that you never actually hear talked about. Uh, but it's amazing how big of an impact these things can have on your shipping costs, right? So what do I mean by hidden costs? For example, um, when you use, uh, use a courier company and you're choosing a courier company, ask questions like, how many times will they try and deliver a parcel to a residential address if the customer is not there to pick that parcel up, right? So they've tried to deliver it, they've knocked on the door, the customer's not there. What do they then do with that parcel? Do they try and deliver it again? How many times? Do they put it in, uh, you know, do they leave it with a neighbor? Do they put it in a safe place? Or do they return it back to you? Um, and if they return it back to you, how much do they charge? What are the costs of returns? All these things you have to think about because this is going to happen. And the bigger your e-commerce business gets, the more this is going to happen. And you're going to have a lot of customer service headaches just chasing parcels, um, genuinely chasing parcels. So understanding that with your courier, you know, if they've left it in a safe place, will you know about it? Does a courier tell you where they've left it so you can then inform the customer to save them calling you to say, oh, my parcel's not arrived and so on and so forth. I cannot begin to tell you <laughs> how many times... Um, a courier has put a parcel in a safe place and I'm doing those, you know, that finger inverted commas thing because they've put it in the uh, customer's bin um, or trash can as, uh, as you'd call it in the States. But here in the UK, we call them bins and they've put them in the bin because it's, well, safe. It's waterproof. It's got a lid on it. It's outside the customer's house. But of course, the customer has not known this and so hasn't realized this and the, the parcel's been thrown away. Um, and so the courier is going, well, we delivered it. And the customer is going, well, we've never received it. And you're playing piggy in the middle going saying somebody somewhere has got to pay for this, right? Um, because you've still got to send it out to your customer. Uh, they still got to receive it. And, the, you know, you're going to have arguments with the couriers. So there's all kinds of things like this in hidden costs. Um, I mentioned UPS. They don't really do residential deliveries. There's a surcharge for them. So when you talk to couriers, what are the surcharges? Is there a residential surcharge? What's the fuel surcharge? That seems to be a favorite one with a lot of couriers these days. They're like, oh, it costs 
you know, whatever, £2.50 to deliver it, but we're going to charge you a surcharge of X percent fuel surcharge. Like, well, hang on a minute, where does this come into it? Why can't you just give me a flat rate? And they like all these little fuel sur surcharges. So you then have to spend time figuring out what the real actual cost is uh, because of all these hidden costs, okay? So make sure you definitely read the fine print. And you also want to understand things like uh, how are the couriers... And paying their drivers. So here in the UK, um, because e-commerce is such a big deal, there are a lot of private um, courier companies that are subcontracted out, right? And so, um, and there's lots of guys who, have, for whatever reason, um, have have gone and worked for the courier companies. They've gone and got themselves a van and they're self-employed. So a lot of drivers can be self-employed and they get paid by the parcels that they deliver. So if you're paid by parcels deliver, guess what? You're going to deliver the maximum amount of parcels in the shortest amount of time. You're going to look at where all the parcels are grouped and you're going to deliver those first because that's where your income is going to be. But if you've got to drive 20 minutes outside of that group just to deliver one parcel, you're kind of going to think to yourself, is it really worth it when I can make more money um, doing another 20 parcels over there? So we have seen service suffer as a result of that, but you... You want to know this as an e-commerce business. How are the courier drivers paid? Um, how likely is it my customers are going to, you know, not receive parcels because they live, you know, slightly off the beaten track? Um, what about things like insurance costs? So if a parcel goes missing or it's not delivered, who pays for that? Is there an insurance policy on that? What is the limit of that insurance policy? So, you know, if you're using the Royal Mail, they pay up to whatever it is, uh, I can't remember the exact figure, say so it's 20 pounds, which is fine if you're shipping a parcel that's got a 10 pound value. But if you're shipping something that's got 150 pounds value and that goes missing, well, you know, that's a lot of uh, loss you've then got to cover. So um, we've spent a lot of time understanding what percentage of parcels go missing, uh, how what percentage of parcels we get compensation claims successful on and we think it's lower than 50% right so if a courier company loses say a thousand pounds of our products and we put insurance claims in for those thousand pounds after months and months and months we will get less than 500 of it back so just whatever it is for your business you have to figure it out it's not always as rosy as the salespeople would lead you to believe there is the actual reality okay so there are all these hidden costs. Now, some of them you can predict uh, when you think about them, like the ones we've gone through. Some of them just come through experience uh, and knowledge after you've done it a bit of, bit of time. For example, like the percentage of compensation claims. But all of these things you have to put into the mix when you're calculating the cost of shipping and the cost of your products on the website because only then will you know the true cost. And like I said at the start of the show, right, the second biggest direct cost after product cost is going to be shipping for most e-commerce businesses. And we have to like work hard to keep that service high, but keep our costs low, right? Uh, and continually shopping around, talking with couriers, understanding what your customers expect, what you can deliver, what your competition's doing is so critical because the delivery is such an important part of the e-commerce business. It pays to get it right. So like I said, whew, that was jam-packed, right? Lots of stuff in there. Like I said, you'll be glad to know a lot of those points and all those notes are going to be on 
the website, mattedmondson.com, and you can check that out. Make sure that you do. In the meantime, uh, make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. It's free. And like today, the show is usually full of great stuff about how to set up, run, and grow your own e-commerce business. Uh, so do make sure you subscribe to keep up to date. And if you wouldn't mind, if you're enjoying the show, if you wouldn't mind giving me a quick review, that would be super, super awesome. I would really, really appreciate that. And uh, carry on connecting with me on social media. It's great to get to know some of you, great to connect with some of you and have conversations. I'm really, really enjoying them. Uh, but again, all my social media links are on my website, madminson.com. But if you go to Facebook, if you go to Instagram, YouTube and Twitter and even LinkedIn and just search Matt Edmondson. You'll find me. You'll either find me or the Radio One DJ. Either way, we're both cool people. So connect with both of us. Why not? <laughs> okay, that's enough from me, I think. Thanks for listening, my fellow e commerce entrepreneurs. And I'll be back next week with some more help and advice on e commerce. Until next time. You've been listening to the Curiosity Podcast with Matt Edmondson. Subscribe and join us next time as we carry on conversations about all things e-commerce and digital business.